If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pulled back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales, your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Double Your Sales Now, where you learn all the tips, mindset shifts, tools, and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host, Ursula Menches, and I can't wait to dive into today's show because I have the very, very cool Julie Finch with me today, and she's going to blow your mind. She knows so much, right, Julie? (laughs) Hi, Julie. Good morning. (laughs) Good morning. So Julie founded Finch Law over 10 years ago as a firm focused on making law accessible to the serious entrepreneur. A lawyer for over 30 years, she is one of the original computer lawyers, having started practicing when a portable computer weighed 70 pounds. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine. She managed, I've forgotten about that. She managed the trademark portfolio for Honeywell. She's been an assistant attorney general for the state of Minnesota. Wow. And been a partner at Hinshaw and Culbertson and at Ryder Bennett. She loves teaching and coaching, having honed her skills running the Mitchell Hamlin Business Law Clinic, and is an adjunct instructor and guest lecturer at the University of St. Catherine and the University of St. Thomas. So just a tiny few little credentials there that Julie's bringing us today. Anyway, wow, incredible experience. And I hear phenomenal things about Julie from my clients and colleagues. And I'm just so excited to interview her here today. So Julie, let's just let's jump in, jump in. I tell us a little bit about your story, the journey that you've been on. And then we'll get into a little bit about like what limiting beliefs did you have about sales or selling? But tell us about your business, why you launched it, kind of your story. And then, you know, did did any limiting beliefs get in your way in the beginning? Let's start there. Okay, you must have heard that little giggle on the limiting beliefs, because (laughs) my limiting beliefs, the list is long, but we'll hold that for a minute. So I actually started Finch Law 10 years ago, um, right at the beginning of the last recession. And I started it because the law firm that I was with at the time was actually in the process of dissolving. Some of your listeners may not know, but the legal practice, the legal profession really got hit hard in the last recession. And a number of large law firms and small ones um, 
dissolved. They, the underlying business model couldn't handle the effect of the recession. And so I came out of that with clients and I, I wanted to go to uh, the right law firm. But I got to tell you, I was also trying to balance the demands of having a middle school student who wanted to ride horses. And 12-year-olds should not be driving themselves to the barn. <laughs> and, and so I, I was really looking for a way to continue to do the work I was doing, only to do it in a cost structure that worked better for my clients. And so I am somebody I never intended to be an entrepreneur. I mean, historically, I had been in-house counsel for Honeywell for 10 years. I was the corporate gal. I'd been with the AG's office. I'd been in the large law firms. I did not want to be my own tech support. I did not want to deal with selling. Lawyers don't sell, by the way. They market. And that is one of the, the limiting beliefs that we can talk about. So right. I really backed into what I'm doing. And it has been a perfect fit. And I wouldn't do anything else. And I really wouldn't, um, I, I love the fact that I can practice law this way. Got it. So you touched a little bit on the limiting belief. You giggled a little bit, but anything else you want to add there? So let's go there. You said, you know, the, on, I think you said attorneys don't sell, right? Or no, like we that. market. Sell is a four letter word, you know. I've heard that many times from many attorneys who've walked through our doors. So let's go there because I know we have other people who are in similar industry, maybe in the financial industry, for example, others where selling is definitely, or sell is a four-letter word. So tell yeah, me more. So, I mean, think about all of the bad attorney jokes you know out there. We <laughs> oh. are the, positioned as the ambulance chasers. And you know, the guy who shows up at somebody's hospital bedside trying to get them to sign off on a retainer agreement. Most people don't understand really what lawyers do, particularly lawyers that work in businesses. And so we've got kind of this, this mystery about why they're giving us money to begin with. And then you know, some of us are not the nicest people in the world. We, we actually deserve some of our own reputation as a profession. So there's a lot of negative stuff in the media. And I, I found that one of the things I'd done is I'd internalized a lot of that. So that was a big one. Um, a second one, I got to tell you, and, and I know because I, I do listen to your podcast and I know other people have talked about this. But I really had some imposter syndrome issues going on. Um, fundamentally, I'm a kid who grew up from East Blooming in East Bloomington, and my dad was a welder. We didn't have lawyers and doctors in our family. You know, they were farmers from North Dakota, and all of a sudden, I find myself hanging out with CEOs of Fortune 500 companies after I graduated from law school, and I. I think I went for a long time without really being comfortable in that, that role. Julie, how long do you think it, you felt that imposter syndrome? Because yes, I can certainly relate. I know a lot of our listeners and other people I've interviewed, we've talked a lot about that. I mean, I, I think it's, I think almost everyone has imposter syndrome at some time or at some level. And for you, how did you 
move past that? I mean, clearly, I mean, look at your credentials and, and it doesn't matter, right? I get like imposter yeah. syndrome. It's not about the fact that you were the assistant attorney general for the state of Minnesota or that you've been a partner in a law firm or, or, or you've, you know, been a professor on and on and on. But how did you move through that? Well, I, and I think this is true for a lot of folks. You move through it in stages. You know, you, you kind of grow into whatever the current circumstances are and you feel like, okay, I, I can do this. Sometimes it bothers you the, in the back of your mind, but it, you just, it's like the frog in the hot water, right? You just get used to the temperature. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and, and then you have to change your role. And I've kind of changed my role several times and it comes back to, to kind of bite you again. And recently, I mean, that was coming up. I realized that I rarely tell people that I'm successful. And yet, I really am successful. I mean, we've talked about this. You look at the credentials. Yeah, I've had a certain amount of success. I, I have a, uh, a really great law practice. But to actually say I am successful, I had to stop and think about that, which to me is both odd and also, you kind of go, I can't believe that that is still hanging around the back of my head. And yet mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's one of the things your clients and colleagues love about you at the same time is, you know, you're very humble and um, very compassionate when it comes to your clients and the communities that you're in. And so I'm sure it's a strength as well. What, you know, if you could look at on, on your really good days, when imposter syndrome seems to be way, way in the past, what do you believe then about yourself or about your success? Or what can you say to yourself now? Um, I can look at where I am and recognize that I, it, it has been this amazing journey. And I can also say I am still on the journey. So Whatever level of success I feel or don't feel on a particular day, it's really more about I'm continuing to grow as a person. I'm continuing to grow as a lawyer. I'm continuing to grow as a teacher. And that feeds in for me on the whole sales piece of things and makes sale sell, to sell not a, uh, not a four-letter word. Because once I figured out that sales actually was a learnable skill and it was the action part of marketing, that piece, the sales piece started to come together for me. Um, but it's, it's really recognizing that it's always just a journey. It's always just learning. It's always just something new. And it's okay to be uncomfortable. And I've told that to some of my, my entrepreneurial clients out there. The, the best part of the entrepreneur's journey and the worst part of the entre entrepreneur's journey is you are always in some stage of un uncomfortableness. Yeah. Oh, sigh. Everybody sigh. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> I, here's the thing though. I know our listeners are going to so love hearing you say that with all your experience and credibility. And just to know that 
you know, they're not alone because I think, I think as an entrepreneur, we have this, we can have this lone wolf syndrome of just thinking we're out there all alone. We're out there just, you know, fending for ourselves when there's this community of support that's available that we forget. And that's one of the reasons that I love doing the show because it's reminding all, all of us that number one, we're not alone. Number two, yes, someone else has gone through that. Number three, they're available to talk to you about it. And I know we're going to get that to that at the end because, you know, you're expanding what, what you do in the world as well to help more people. So, all right, so let's keep going, Julie. So you you moved past imposter syndrome, you moved past what selling was, and you realized that that was also a learnable skill. It's something you do, it's how you, it's the second part of marketing. It's like, oh, that's how I sign my clients up. You got to that point. Think back, when you doubled your sales for the first time in your law firm, what did you, what was that like for you? Did you celebrate? And what did you believe about sales and selling then? Like what became crystal clear for you? So I didn't celebrate the first time I did it. And the first time I did it, you know, would have been several years ago. Um, but I was so, I, this goes back to the imposter syndrome. I was so surprised that I'd done it, that then I was afraid it wasn't maintainable. Oh. And so, you know, it literally, you maintain it for three, four years. And not only that, you continue to grow it. And you're like, well, I guess maybe it'll stick now. <laughs> it's, it's the, <laughs> we don't recognize, I, I had imposter syndrome so bad, I wasn't recognizing those successes. Mm. So how did you handle that belief then? So you did it and then it was like panic. Oh my gosh, how am I going to do that again? Because I, that's actually one of the things I hear from a lot of our clients of, well, if I double my sales then I'm going to have to do it again. So they don't ever want to, they don't even want to go there. So how did you talk yourself through it? And then what happened in your business? How did you maintain or grow from there? So this goes to some fundamental mind shifts, mindset shifts that I have had in the last, you know, few months, because we've been working together on some of these and, and it is very helpful. Um, but really to one, claim my own expertise, but also then to recognize that my services are wanted and needed by people. And when I know that there are people out there who really want and need what I have, and what I can help them with, it's, it's just, it makes me happy to work with them. And when you're yes. happy to do the work, you're never on that treadmill. Your brain thinks about things because that's the, that's the best part of the day, not the, oh my God, I've got to go to work today. So right. recognizing that I have value to others and really thinking about it in terms of being wanted and needed has really flipped a switch for me. Well, and let me add to that. So because sometimes I think our gifts, they come so easily, we don't even we forget what they are, even if we've had years of training, years of experience, and it's still so easy for us, we can forget. But as an example, I was sharing with Julie before the before call of before we got on this, the this um, interview together, I was sharing that someone was asking me questions recently, and they were very interested in learning how to launch their business. And they wanted to take me out to lunch and find out about how to set up their corporation, do all these things. And my eyes crossed because those are just not my favorite things to do. And I said, I'd love to go to lunch with you, but I'm not going to go over all these things. In fact, I know someone who can help you and you need to go to her class. And I think she's launching a workshop soon. And so I was telling her, you know, that there's a, there's an easier way. And so what the problem you solve 
that's so easy and so effortless for you makes other people's eyes cross. And so we all have to remember that our gifts are truly that and we bring so much value. We solve problems. We, you know, especially, you know, as an attorney, the problems that you can solve for people are endless on the front end so that they don't have the pain that they don't even know they might have on the back end of what could happen, right? So um, just reflecting that back to you and for all of our listeners, you know, don't forget your gifts. That is what brings you you know, millions of dollars over time, that that gift that is so easy for you, believe me, makes someone else's eyes cross and they go, no, I just don't want to do that. And um, so do you want to reflect on that? I, want, I feel like you have something to say. I do have something to say on that. Um, one is one of my own personal stories, because the reason I got into practicing business law, going in and doing the contracts and the trademarks and the copyrights and you know all of that stuff, and not being the lawyer that go- shows up in the courtroom, is I used to have a terrible fear of public speaking. And I would wow. do anything to avoid it. And so public speaking in my mind was showing up in a courtroom to talk to a judge and a couple of attorneys. And the universe's joke on me is when you go into um, business law and work in-house in a company, one of your duties is to go around and train people in all the things they're supposed to be doing. And so instead of getting a room with four people in it, I ended up volunteering to be in rooms with 100 people in it. And so <laughs> what that goes to, though, is I, I, it turned out I really enjoyed doing it. And it wasn't that I really was afraid of it. You know, as much as it was a skill set that I didn't know because it wasn't one that I ever had to practice. And so sometimes the universe calls on us to find our gifts, but the process for that is really uncomfortable. We tell ourselves so many stories about the things we can't do or don't want to do that, that we miss out on our gifts sometimes. And yet we sometimes get another ability or another opportunity to go in and learn it. And then the other thing is I've been hanging out with a lot of recent college graduates lately. And I listen to them talk, and one will say things like, oh, I have no skills. And I know this person, and I'm looking at her going, you can walk into a room of strangers and come out with three best friends. You have skills you do not appreciate. There are other people out there that would would be so envious of being able to do that because they freeze in rooms? How do you not see that as a gift? Mm. And another one that can take amazing photographs of a horse in, you know, mid-leap across a jump in a rainstorm. It's like, how do you not see that as a gift? So everybody needs somebody in their life that sees more of what they do than they can see themselves. Amen to that. And I mean... I've had the privilege of hanging out with one of those college grads, your daughter, Jenny, who's amazing. <laughs> and so I'm, it must be interesting hang, meeting so many people in her circle. And you've done such a great job as a mom, as a parent of just, I don't know, you and your husband have grown this remarkable young woman. And I know she showed up on the planet who she is, but we we see how you've um, 
encouraged her and touched her life. And to see her speaking in public at eWomen is phenomenal. So I always laugh because um, I hope that Luca someday doesn't have any fear of public speaking as I did. I share that with you. And, um, and you know, we, we can help our kids kind of overcome some of those things ahead of time. And she's, she's just um, a fantastic soul on this universe. So um, thank you for sharing her with all of us. So Julie, I want to jump into your top two sales strategy. So you, you doubled your sales in your law firm and then you went, <gasps> but go back because especially when you were overcoming the, even the thought, the idea that, you know, attorneys do sell because they, they, our clients pay them. Um, what were the two, the, the top two strategies you use to grow your business? And it could be anything, but I'm just curious, like what worked for you? So the first strategy is one that I actually started using in my days at Honeywell. I didn't know that it was a sales strategy at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. And it really is more of a relationship strategy, but it always leads to bottom line sales. And that is go visit your clients in their space. One of the things about lawyers is lawyers always expect the clients to come to them. Yes, there's time constraints and all of that. So a single visit when you're a lawyer to the client space will stick with them forever, for one thing. Mm. But it's also very practical. If you're trying to help somebody um, do something better in their business, if you can go and see where they work and how they work, instead of getting the information filtered through what it is they're telling you, you find opportunities to be useful that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. One of my best stories is, you know, back in the day, we'd go through getting contracts signed, you know, licensing agreements, and we'd be negotiating these things for months. And I went to visit my client once, and they very proudly showed me this shelf of contracts. And when they signed, they started at one end, and every month they moved it down. And by the time it got to the end of the shelf at the end of the year, they were destroying the documents. Now, this was in the day when we didn't have a lot of digital storage going on. So the contract that we had spent, you know, months getting signed was actually getting destroyed a year later because they didn't understand we needed to keep those for much longer than that. Mm. But if I'd not been there, I'd never have seen it. And we could never have fixed the problem. So visit them. Talk Mm -hmm. to people in their space, not in yours. Um, My second strategy is really the follow-up piece. Follow-up always matters. But you have to follow up in a way that makes sense for people. I've learned that my one of my best follow-up strategies is not to follow up to sell at all. But to ask my clients for products or examples of their services to put on my own vendor tables that I have at events so that I can help promote them. So that isn't necessarily selling my stuff to them, but they love it. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to recap those. So number one, talk to people in their space. No one has said that on our show yet. So I love that. That's such a great tip because we forget, we forget, and we're, uh, 
we're so siloed these days on our computers and we just sit there all day and our neck hurts and we forget what people look like. You know, you can just get so wrapped up in that. So get out to your client space. Uh, that, and by the way, I, I take notes all the time. This is making me think. Julie, <laughs> so great reminder. And follow up in a way that makes sense. And also what you're saying though, is how do you give back? Can you promote your clients? Having, and I know this is true. Every time I've been in an e-women network, I've seen Julie's table anywhere. It's filled with her clients and maybe even some of her prospects, products, or services or things that they offer. So she's promoting them. I love that. Um, it's, may, you know, how can you give first? I know um, Dr. Ivan Meisner, B&I, mm-hmm. Givers Gain, they talk about that a lot. And he always said, you know, how do you give first when you're developing relationships? And it, we're all so busy. We get that. And it's one of the reasons that I started the show because I wanted to be able to connect with my clients more. And I don't, we don't get to sit down and have this conversation. So great. We get to do it over coffee on an, a podcast interview, which is fantastic. But it's also now a way that I get to promote you, Julie, which we're going to do in a little bit, because this, this is what it's all about. How can we help each other? How do we support each other? And Julie, you're right. It's a great way to follow up in a different way. So I know people are taking lots of notes. I'm sure they're going to want to listen back to that. However, we have to have time. Go ahead. I know you have to say something. Go. Well, I was going to tell one more follow-up story. And oh, good. that really is about going to your client's stuff. You know, many of my clients have events that they sponsor, book launches, all kinds of things. When they invite me, I really do make an effort to go. And when I'm really on my game, I look for ways to make their event even better. So I have a client who was doing a book launch that had a sci-fi theme, and I happen to have another client who actually runs a website where he sells sci-fi stuff. So I called and said, you know, you really should come to this. there's, There's some overlap here. Not only did he come, he brought like a carton. It wasn't, it wasn't a little two, three thing. He bought a carton of door prizes for the book launch that nobody knew he was bringing. Everybody there walked away with some, you know, little R2-D2 thing or some other funky little little event. It made her event better. It, it helped his sales because this was his target audience. And I looked really good. What a great idea. And yeah, so partnering, potentially partnering your clients together. Fantastic. Okay. Amazing ideas. We want to make sure we have time to hear from you though. Um, Julie, you're an expert in getting new products and services into the marketplace and you've been doing it for over 30 years. So what are two to three strategies that you share with your clients every day? We'd love to hear them. You have to test whatever the process is you're using to both get your product out there and get it delivered. So when I say get it out there, whether it's a website or whatever, um, you have to test it from the perspective of the customer, which means preferably somebody that is not you goes in and tries to order things and gets a shipment. You'd be surprised at the way things come out the door because when you're on the development side of things, you don't actually see all of the bad links, the typos, the the goofy stuff that happens. And I guarantee you every new launch has goofy in it somewhere because <laughs> um, none of us are that perfect. And so you really do need somebody who is unfamiliar with what you're doing 
to actually work through the process. Truer words never said. Okay, <laughs> I'm cringing. We've had we've all had had this happen. All right, keep going. <laughs> and the second thing, and it's really more of what I tell them for their headspace. We don't really know what um, is going to go wrong. We just know something is going to go wrong. So whenever you're putting new stuff out there, it's to identify all the risks that we can, quantify them, and mitigate them if we can. And it still needs to go out in the marketplace. And whatever it was we brainstormed was probably not the way the bad thing was going to happen, but it will be close enough that we had some kind of contingency plan figured out, some kind of response that could be quickly implemented because we'd thought it through enough that we knew where our resources were to deal with it. Gotcha. Do you have a third one? No, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> that, that, already, that already blew our minds, right? Yes. It, it, that just it. <laughs> I'm laughing because I've been through book launches. I've been through all kinds of different things. And um, most recently, you know, we uh, moved our book signing event because of some things. And, and, and the other thing, Julie, is I don't know if you've experienced this, but in retrospect, the new pl- timing is... 10 times better. And if I would have been listening to my intuition for the two weeks before, as we were going through the planning, I would have figured it out, but I was so committed to a certain date and mm-hmm. I just couldn't see, see it. And so finally I had conversations with some other people who weren't in my moment of insanity and they were like, Oh, well, if you just did this, 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 I was like, Oh yeah, that's a really good point. Okay. And I let go. And so <laughs> uh, it's amazing when we're listening. All right. So I want to thank you for being here today. And before we wrap up, though, you have so many cool things happening in your business right now. You have launches ha- happening. So please share with us all the ways we can get more time with you or we can connect with you and how you can support us. All right. So the first thing I would say is everybody I know is confused about what to do with them, little TM, SM. Uh, copyright and trademark registration symbols. So if you email me, I will send you a a real short little quick guide to the proper usage of all those symbols so you can clean up your own websites and your own marketing copy. And my email address is jfinch at finch-law.com. I am hosting a free seminar um, in Woodbury on September 28th uh, with the title of Retirement Income Through Self-Employment. The, fo- the focus on that is really what to do and the order to do it in if somebody wants to start a business in Minnesota. And there's a registration link for that on my Facebook page. So go to Facebook and go to Finch Law and you should see it there. I am speaking at a couple of upcoming conferences that uh, your listeners might be interested in. There's a Women of Words conference in St. Paul on October 7th, and I'm going to talk about copyright law and how that affects your business. And then on October 26th, I'll be speaking at the How conference, and that one's going to be trademarks, copyrights, and legal landmines um, in your marketing. Uh, Both of those, for more information, I would say just email me and I will send it to you. Not all the registration stuff is up yet. 
But the thing I am most excited about right now is I am going to be launching my own podcast. And yeah, I, I'm. I, you you might have noticed I like to talk, um, <laughs> but I also like to really highlight the interesting stories of the people that I know and work with. So we're going to do some of their great storytelling and introduce you to some really interesting people. Like, how about the woman who plays the part of Wonder Woman at all of the cosplay, um, or not cosplay, but all of the sci-fi conferences around the world? Um, How do you find that as a job, right? There's a great story there. Um, But I also want to focus on really action items that people can take in their, their business, um, and some real education stuff from a legal standpoint. So I don't know what it's called yet. If people are interested and want to hear more, shoot me the email and I will be happy to get it out to them as things get launched. Fantastic. Well, we'll have your um, contact information in the show notes as well. So you'll be easy to find. Julie, I want to thank you for being here today. Before we wrap up, you know, sometimes when people are listening, it might be their best day in business. And sometimes it might be their their one of their hardest days. And for those who might be having a difficult day in business today, what's your best advice for them? 30 seconds. You know, my best advice actually comes from one of my clients. Never give up. You really don't know what tomorrow looks like. And every day is a new day. Amen to that. All right, Julie, thanks so much for being here today and for sharing your wisdom. Congratulations on all your new launches. And we can't wait to listen to your podcast. All right. Thank you. And thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Um, I just checked and we have listeners from 34 countries right now. So around the world, that really touches my heart because I hope that, you know, everything we're talking about helps you grow your business. No matter where you are in the world, we want to support you. If you go to Sales Coach Now, you can see that we have a free download. We have Sales Secrets of the Top 10%. It's a free video series that I put together. And so you can meet me there. If we haven't met in person yet, we can at least meet through the video. And I'd love to support you with that. We have Sales camps coming up this fall. We also have the One Great Goal retreat coming up on September 27th, and that's onegreatgoal.com. It's free. It's our give back. This time, my husband, Tim, is actually coming out, and I'm going to be interviewing him so you can kind of see behind the scenes what it's maybe what it's like to be married to me. I don't know. But also just how we've survived some really tough stuff going through the Great Recession in California, losing over a million dollars ourselves, losing a lot through real estate, and what we've done to rebuild it, and how manifestation, visualization, and goal setting plays into that. My book launch is happening on September 13th in the world of virtual and the live book signing event will be October 20th at Hotel Ivy. We'd love to have you all come out. And so I just want to thank you all for being part of our community. We love hearing from you. If there's any way we can support you, email me directly at Ursula, U-R-S-U-L-A at salescoachnow.com and make this your most epic year yet. Thank you for listening to Double Your Sales. To get even more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales.